0: This is episode number 43, being salt and light. We know that we're supposed to be salt and light as Christians, but what exactly does that mean as we move about in the world? Today we're going to take a closer look. Welcome to Unfolding Words. I'm your host and Tracia Morings, and this is the weekly podcast aimed at sharing biblical truth to offer light for your walk and life for your soul. Thanks for joining me this week. This weekend I took a trip to the mall and during my shopping I had taken a break to sit outside on a bench and kind of people watch and as I sat I thought isn't this a place where I need to be salt and light and then I wondered to myself like how exactly can I be salt and light when all I'm doing is going shopping and checking items off of my list And you know like you can be salt and light by being a street preacher, getting a megaphone, and yelling out scriptures. I guess that's one way to do it. But then I thought for us to really be salt and light as we go about our daily tasks, it's really about living life differently than the way the world lives. So if I was in line and someone treated me rudely, would I treat them rudely back? How, that's one way that I could show salt and light is by when someone's rude to me being kind to them in return. So even something as simple as a shopping trip is an opportunity for us to be salt and light in the world. I want to read Matthew chapter five, verses 13 through 16 in the ESV. And they say, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. We all know that we need to be salt and light, but like I said, how do we live this out practically? Let's take a little background look. Salt for them was a preservative. Mainly for us today, it's a seasoning. We use it to season our foods. But then salt was used to preserve meats. It was very crucial in that day and age when refrigeration was not around. So as Christians, our role today is to preserve what is good in culture, what is good about mankind. And in the ancient world, salt was very valuable. The Greeks thought it contained almost divine ingredients. And the Romans sometimes paid their soldiers with salt. A soldier who didn't carry out his duties correctly was not worth his salt. So as you move about in the world, you are a seasoning of sorts. So you bring a distinctive flavor of God's character to the world. That's your role as salt. You make life tasty in a way. (laughs) That's the way we can think of it. But for salt to be effective, it has to be used with either meat or fish so that it can preserve it. It has to be applied to that meat in order for it to be effective. So to be effective, we have to be involved in people's lives. We have to touch them. We can't just stand apart from them in a Christian bubble. And we can't just be light at church. We can't be salt just at church. This creates a sort of a tension because the, our culture that we live in isn't very Christian friendly. So like I said, we can't withdraw from the world into a Christian bubble because that's not the life that God has called us to. And in our dealings with the culture, we must retain our saltiness or our distinctiveness. It's that thing that sets us apart. We have to maintain that as we live in the world that is is not going to be very Christ-like. It's a balancing act, but it's one that's possible because otherwise Jesus would not have called us to be salt and light. The second part of this scripture talks about you being the light of the world. As followers of Jesus, your role is not only to conduct yourself in holiness, but also to touch the lives of people around you with the light of the gospel. Now, notice there's a running theme here, touching. We have to be touching people's lives, and this doesn't necessarily mean physically, but we have to be involved with people in order for them to be affected by our salt and our light. So how can you practically be salt and light in this world? Jesus said, our light is not necessarily in the witness of our words, but it's in the witness of our acts and our deeds. In other words, our good works. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So we don't do these good deeds just to be well spoken of, but we do these good deeds because it's an outpouring of the salt and the light that's in us. The Beatitudes have spelled out some of those good works. They include humility and submission to God, right relations with other people, being merciful and living in peace with others. And when we live as people of salt and light, we do this in the workplace, in our homes, in our neighborhoods and in the nation. It's everywhere. And these are some very powerful word images. Salt is a preservative but only when it penetrates into food. But one thing about salt is that it becomes useless when it's contaminated by other chemical substances. It has to remain pure in order to do its job effectively. In the same way as Christ followers, we must get into society and do the work of being salt and light while also keeping ourselves from being influenced by sin in the world. Sounds lofty, But again, it's doable because Jesus gave us an example. Now, similarly, light cuts through the darkness. It touches the darkness and casts it away. To know the truth and fail to stand for it, Jesus says, is as useless as lighting a lamp and putting it under a basket. You would not do that. It makes no sense. So we don't live out our faith inside the walls of our churches and our homes only. We're not to be of the world But we are to be in the world, being salty and full of light. We're all citizens of this world, of this earthly kingdom. But we're also citizens of a heavenly one. And that heavenly kingdom dictates how we go about our lives on this earthly realm. Now, light functions in order to allow us to see. And in our modern world, we don't really understand the importance of light like it was important for the ancient world. When it was nightfall in the ancient world, it was dark. Just utter darkness. Have you ever been anywhere where there are no city lights and it gets dark? It's just complete black except for the stars in the sky. And so you would grope around like the scripture says in Isaiah 59 and 10. It says, we grope like the blind along a wall, groping like those who have no eyes. And in Jesus's use of this, the light is not simply to allow others to see whatever they wish, but it's for others to witness the acts that Jesus's followers perform. Now, this scripture also says, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. We never want this to be said of us, that our saltiness is of no more use. Now, how can our saltiness be restored if it's lost? If it's no longer good, can we get it back? And the answer is yes, it's by keeping ourselves purified. But we don't want to be the kind of salt that's walked on and trampled on. And the Talmud which was a Jewish book of laws and customs, outlined the fact that salt, which had been unfit for a sacrificial use in the temple, was sprinkled in wet weather on sloped areas and steps of the temple to prevent the priest from slipping. So that's what Jesus may have been referencing when he said that you don't want to be that salt that's trampled under people's feet. Your saltiness and your light is shown in how you live out what follows in the scripture, how you handle anger and lust. These are all the things that follow the scripture that we just read in Matthew. How you handle anger and how you handle lust, how you handle making promises, how do you handle retaliation and loving your enemies? All of this is indicative of whether or not you are being salt and light. Jesus isn't just telling his disciples to let their light shine only when they're with each other. He's telling them to let their light shine in the dark places. And just because you're not in a full-time ministry, or maybe you're not called to teach or preach or anything that you think is visible doesn't exclude you from being the light of the world. You can shine your light as a mother in your workplace, in your neighborhood. We all have opportunities to let our light shine. We don't want to fear man more than God when it comes to this. We need to use every opportunity we have to glorify God. And when we miss our opportunities to be salt and light, what happens? We see that when salt is worthless, then the meat rots and decays because salt is a preservative and that's its main use. So if it's not doing that then it's decaying instead of preserving. So we're contributing to the corruption of the world when we don't live out our lives according to the saltiness guidelines that God has called for us to. So there are many people who are called Christians, but they're only Christians in name because they're not living godly lives out in the world. We are to make an influence on people. But if we're not doing that, then again, we're worthless and not worthless as a person, but we're we're not being effective when it comes to being salt in the world. So we don't want to be those Christians who have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. We want to be bright lights in this world. So remember, you're called to be salt and light. And it may sound lofty, but it's doable. So wherever you are, remember this. Remember that you're called to be a preservative. You're supposed to stop decay from happening, not only in yourselves, but in those around you. D.L. Moody, who was a theologian and writer, said this, A holy life will make the deepest impression. Lighthouses blow no horns. They just shine. So let that be said of you. You don't need to go around preaching and teaching and you know, declaring, thus saith the Lord all the time, the best witness is your life. That's it for this episode of Unfolding Words. I so appreciate you tuning in this week. If you like more information, you can visit my website at unfoldingwords.com podcast, where you can listen, subscribe, rate, and review. Until next week, may God's word be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. God bless you.